0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Invisible Not Broken. I'm Eva, your new co-host. While I typically interview practitioners who also have chronic illnesses, I'm also starting a series where I interview leaders in the chronic illness community, chronic illness warriors to the max. And today I'm interviewing Adrian Nolan Smith, a chronic Lyme warrior and empire builder. Over the last two years, she created WellBe, a media education and navigation company. WellBe's site is full of top-tier content related to wellness news, research, and stories. And whether you have an illness and you're looking for resources, or you just wanna brush up on the latest and best on integrative wellness, getwellbe.com is the content hub you wanna visit. So let's get started. Hey Adrian, I'm really glad that you could be joining us today on the Invisible Not Broken podcast. Thanks. Thank for you me. so
1: much for having me. Eva. I'm glad to be here.
0: Of course. Uh, I know we met like six months ago, um, almost to the day, uh, the Wellacopia lunch, um, and I'm really glad that we're reconnecting. It's been too yeah. long.
1: Me too. No, it was. Um, we were just catching up a little bit before recording this, and it was so great to. Talk to you, I feel like our missions are so aligned, and what we're building is really um comes from the same place of you know turning something difficult and painful into a way to help others and um especially you know in the specific chronic illness space, which is you know a small but really strong community of people um yeah, so it's great to reconnect,
0: yes. So you are part of our special series featuring uh, so I like to say a chronic illness warrior leader, because you are absolutely a leader, a very strong leader, impactful leader in this community. And I have so many questions, but of course, let's start with your story uh having a chronic illness, your journey, and how it led to where you are today as a leader of our community.
1: Thank you. And I, of course, always with most people i'm sure feel similarly but the imposter syndrome is me me is like what leader you're talking about the same person but i appreciate that um so yeah so i'm sorry did you was there a question at the end of that
0: oh yes i i usually start off with like what was your story from where did it begin and i know for you that was like at 11 um to where you are today and how that journey led to you becoming a leader in this community
1: yeah absolutely um so over 2 decades ago i was diagnosed with uh, chronic lyme disease and i'm sure there's some lyme people in your community because it is one of those very phantom invisible awful diseases that if you don't catch in time um it's very difficult to treat with antibiotics thoroughly and so many people have what's called chronic or persistent lyme if they you know didn't uh didn't see the bite or, you know, attack it right away with, with an antibiotics, um, protocol, which, you know, is usually a few weeks. Um, and that's exactly what happened to me and my younger brother, actually, it's the only reason I was diagnosed was my younger brother was suffering from debilitating joint pain and, um, you know, like memory loss and kind of, it just, it looked like learning disabilities and they finally diagnosed him, so I say finally, ironically, because my family spent a lot of summers in Lyme, Connecticut, where Lyme was found. So the idea that doctors oh. did not put two and two together that, you know, we had Lyme is crazy. And it just goes to show you um, how, you know, unaware, you know, how, how lacking the medical school education is about Lyme still today, um, though it's getting a lot better <clears throat> because of the work of a lot of Organizations around Lyme awareness, but I was diagnosed and you know went to a conventional Lyme doctor and um, they gave antibiotics to my brother and I. But my mom was a ferocious researcher and really, I think, understood that this wasn't going to work because we'd both not seen a bite and the symptoms had been there long enough. I was less sick than him but i had severe exhaustion and a lot of like short-term memory loss issues so you know like i could look at a piece of paper look away didn't know what it said or like hear some hear somebody's name and then not know you know which some people are like i have that but memory is a big part of lyme and just neurological damage in general um and so um we started this journey that my mom took us on after the Lyme, I'm sorry, after the antibiotics did not work uh, to try to treat it with every other therapy that existed. And, you know, of course they wanted to give us more antibiotics, um, IV antibiotics, all this stuff. And my mom was just like, no, I've done the research and more and more and more antibiotics is not the answer. I need to go heal these kids different way so it was very brave at that time because there weren't a lot of people doing that and um we did so many i mean i can get into it but i don't i also don't have to we did a lot of different natural therapies and uh over 2 years and finally i was my line was you know inactive or in remission and uh my brother took a little bit longer, but then he you know got better too, and ended up being able to go to college and he had been pulled out of school, so it was a, it was tough. But the one thing that did was really lay a foundation for me to be my own advocate and to really question um, everything doctors said, which was not what we're taught to do as you know children for sure. you know, the doctor's word is a doctor's word, and yet, in my experience, Um, that was not the case at all. I was introduced to all these different kinds of integrative and, you know, really woo-woo types of practitioners that I thought were really weird compared to the doctor in the nice white coat with the fancy like Ivy League degree on the wall on office on Park Avenue in New York and blah, blah, blah. And yet the people that were the weirdest seemed to be the ones who were really the most interested in healing us and really worked with my mom to get us better. So um, fast forward, I had, Good health, I would say, from age uh, 13 to 18, no health issues. And went away to college. I went to Johns Hopkins in Baltimore and I got down there because I'm from New York. And uh, within six months of eating um, the dining hall food, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I should say that my family, one of the things that worked uh, in healing our Lyme was a, we switched to a very clean diet at home. And, um, you know, we, we didn't eat wheat you know, now I think it's called gluten-free, but back then nobody talked about gluten. It was just wheat and we didn't eat sugar and we didn't eat dairy except like a little goat's milk dairy here and there. Um, we ate so much fresh, food. we didn't anything processed. Um, and so when I, uh, started eating all this GMO process nonsense and drinking and all this other stuff that you do at college, right. Thinking I was a normal kid. I lost my period and, um, it ended up being gone for two years. And after about six months, I got freaked out and I decided to start seeing a bunch of endocrinologists and gynecologists as to what was going on. And, you know, I'm sure you know the the experience you're going around so many doctor's appointments, all these forms, all these tests, blah, blah, blah. And all these conventional doctors are saying the same thing, which is like at Hopkins and in New York, um, you know, we can't find anything wrong with you um, in your blood work or anywhere else. Um, you know, maybe you lost weight. I didn't lose weight. Maybe you, you know, are stressed. I'm like, I'm having a blast. College is great. <laughs> like,
0: um, you know,
1: couldn't figure it out. So uh, why don't you just take this birth control pill and, uh, you know, that'll be you know, good. And I'm like, uh, no, that's actually not a solution at all. So, you know, I did my own research and I was like, these are synthetic Hormones, and I will get a fake period, and I would like my real period, and I would like to know what's wrong with me. And if you can't help me, I will go on to nobody else, or to somebody else. And um, that's exactly what I did. So my father found me this naturopath, and uh, in New York, and I started working with her. And again, she looked totally weird, you know, long ponytail and um, incense, and she was brilliant and looked at my blood work totally differently. And uh, she spent a lot of time with me going through it and kind of put these, you know, it's health is, you know, is such a complicated, um, once in a while, it's a very easy, like, oh, you have Lyme or like, oh, you have celiacs. But most of the time with invisible illness, as you know, it's like seven forces were working together to create a bad problem. And in my case, it was a combination of, I think, having a hereditary, like, hypothyroid condition, which my mom had and my dad had, and my two brothers have as well. It's the only reason I would say it's hereditary. Um, And then having been to China several times in high school and college and having taken a lot of Cipro because of China gut and all these, you know, parasites and things that you pick up there. And I think wiping out a lot of the good bacteria and letting the bad bacteria really take charge. Um, And also um, my diet my diet having really been much cleaner before was all of a sudden introduced all these toxins into my body. And, um, the combination I think created this, this issue. So I, um, started working with her very religiously on diet, on, uh, China, you know, China, taking Chinese herbal capsules, supplements, um, some acupuncture here and there. And with, she said, do this religiously for six months and uh, your period will come back. And six months and a day later it did. Yeah. And it's been normal for um, 12 years. And, and when I say normal, you know, between 28 and 33 days uh, coming and, you know, yeah. So it was like my second major inspiration for creating Welby was this experience because I thought this was so backwards and just bizarre to me and then my biggest inspiration for what I'm doing right now came a short while after I got my period back. Um, you know, one thing works out and something else falls apart. Right. So, um, my mother was, uh, had a major manic episode, um, when I was just graduating from college and she was, we had to have her committed to a mental hospital in the middle of the night, or rather a city jail, really mental facility. So I don't even know, you know, some were really intense, um, and sent her away in an ambulance. And you know, really had no exposure before that to the mental health care system, and very quickly found out that it is even more broken than the regular healthcare system. So you know, these mental hospitals and just the disconnection between um, you know psychiatrists, psychologists, your actual physical health, uh, all the drugs. They put her on so many drugs that she was a complete vegetable. So, you know, it was a really weird experience because my parents had divorced um, before and my uncle and I were sort of teaming up to take care of her. And she, like the lack of awareness of any physical issues that could be at the root cause of these mental illness symptoms was like an off the table idea, was completely crazy to them. And I was trying to explain that I thought there was a lot of things going on physically with her that could have been contributing to this. And that was like a ridiculous notion. And so drugs, 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 and these drugs were so powerful that her quality of life was like, zero I mean she was drooling shaking couldn't sleep weird waking loss like eating habits were all messed up and so you know the mania was gone and I appreciate and that was really you know important for that you know I appreciated the drugs in that way but they created this these other issues that you know was just as much of a problem so it wasn't really like a solution it was just like let's take away one problem and cause another so or cause several others (laughs) And um when I was 25, so about three and a half years after she had first been committed in the in the night to this mental institution, she committed suicide. And it was just a few days before Christmas, and my family was supposed to be celebrating with her. And, you know, it was the greatest shock of my life. It was the greatest tragedy I've been through. I hope to always, never go through anything like that as tragic again. But it really—it was right when I was applying to business school and I was not really sure why I was applying, which is interesting. Um, I knew that I wanted to do something impactful and purposeful in my work, but I didn't really know what that was. And so I thought, you know, I had a really nice working relationship with the people I worked with at IBM. And I thought, well, I'll go to business school and then I don't really have to quit. <laughs> and a lot of people on my team had gone too and I thought, okay, seems like a good idea a non-confrontational way to like do something else. Um, And so I, you know, you study for a year for the tests, and I got all my recommendations together, my applications, it was a lot of work and I was about two weeks away from submitting them all when she died. And um, I didn't think I was gonna be able to go at all and finish it. Um, And uh, my friends really banded together and helped me get like those couple of drafts out the door and said, you know, you don't have to apply everywhere, just like got one or two out there and i said to myself as i was doing it like if i actually get in anywhere i am going to go and i'm going to use it as my way to switch careers and focus on fixing the healthcare system for the rest of my life because as you know eva there it's so broken and so multifaceted that we could both be doing this till we're 90 years old and there still wouldn't be you know there'd still be more work to do so it's my lifelong problem to solve and specifically, not just fixing the healthcare system, because that's broad, but um, making sure that, you know, root cause medicine and people, you know, using um, all of the natural ways that we know the body can heal itself to actually, you know, do so and looking under the hood um, and actually allowing the body to return to a state that it, you know, could remain without a lifelong, you know, surgery or medication, whatever. Of course, this doesn't always work in every situation, but for most chronic illnesses, you know, the root cause at the bottom of the day does isn't really addressed by just putting a band-aid of medication over it. You know, you have to really dig to find out what it is and then use diet and lifestyle to actually, you know, help the body to overcome it. And the power of the body's immune system, which is like, you know, the really the vital part. And of course, all of that comes back to the gut, which we both know. So that's really, you know, a lot of what I've learned. So um, I went to business school and I, um, you know, kind of started what's now well be there in a different form, which is kind of funny. Um, back in 2011 with a team of, uh, I'm sorry, 2012 in, with a team of engineers at the engineering school at Northwestern. And um, when I graduated, I just thought, you know, this isn't exactly the time in my life to be doing this. I think I need to learn something about the actual healthcare system as it is now before I, you know, decide it's all useless and broken and blah, blah, blah. So I ended up working with a healthcare, assist- a healthcare technology company for three years, and I worked with hospitals, and I was in a hospital probably once a week, which is pretty crazy. And the irony is that I was working on chronic disease management programs. So I was helping, you know, hospitals to keep people from coming back who had these chronic illnesses coming back just for 30 days they could come back you know in 32 days and the hospital's fine with it but um it was really eye-opening because I I thought I knew what was wrong and then seeing how they were treating people with these chronic illnesses was so so backwards to me that I was really stunned and it made me even more convinced that I needed to do what I needed to do so I sort of restarted working on Welby in 2000, um, late 2016 for about six months. And I finally quit my job in March of 2017, which was one of the scariest things I've ever done. Um, and, you know, sat down at my computer and two weeks later in my apartment, I was just like, oh my God, what have I just done? You know, but about, you know, three months later after that, we launched um, getwellbe.com and our weekly newsletter and all of our social channels. So Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube, and, um, a year after that launched the WellBe podcast as well. And it's been a wild ride, but super rewarding. And, um, I would say, you know, just seeing how, um, seeing how many people reach out to say, That they have had experiences like I had, which I'm sure happens to you all the time, as far as doctors not listening or misdiagnosing or just not taking the time to look under the hood and connect the dots between things that had happened to them or things that they were saying about, you know, oh, well, I did take a lot of antibiotics for a bunch of sinus infections during those years, or, you know, I have always had migraines, or, you know, things that are like really amazing clues to try to connect the dots about what might really be at the bottom of all of their symptoms or their illness. And when I see that, I see how rewarding and how needed what we're doing is to show that there's a different way and that healing is possible and that it's a fight, it's a journey, and it will always be a fight. It's not something that just, oh, well, now I'm healed. you know. It's something you have to work at the rest of your life if you've been through something, but that it's worth it that it's worth it to keep going. So that is my whole inspiration and everything that I'm doing now.
0: Wow, thank you for sharing all of that. I have such a clear picture of what this journey has been for you. And it's not just, I mean, clearly been impactful on you, but it's, um, you really, you I first of all, I love that you decided you wanted to learn more about healthcare before you wanted to start your own thing that actually, that's something I didn't do. (laughs) I went through like um, my knowledge being a nutritionist and of healthcare and my network, and then me as a patient. And that might be why Wellocopia took so long to kind of build up. But you actually um, had the self-awareness to say like, I think I need to see even more. And so I really admire well, I mean them. you working as a nutritionist to me is like working in the healthcare system. So uh, yes. I, <laughs> I mean it was health tech. I did work actually at the health tech company before, but not very long. There's there's reasons for that I won't get into now. Um and so I got a, a taste, but I guess maybe more so starting yeah, starting a health tech company would I it was completely I was in over my head big time. And so it's been a huge learning experience. Um and uh it probably would have been good for me to do more of that beforehand but at the same time you know i am where i am today because of everything that it's yes. good so i guess i i take back maybe what i said uh, but I it's still I very
1: vulnerable i firmly believe that you know everything happens for a reason and um i was actually pretty miserable in my job in health tech in the sense that i knew what my purpose was and i knew what the problem i was trying to solve and i wasn't getting to work on it and. I felt like life was passing by a little bit, you know, and after the first year I was like, what am I doing? Like, I need to go back to well I need to work on it. What am I doing? But I hadn't yet had enough learnings or experience from the role yet. And I knew that, and I wanted to really like see it through and feel like I really understood the healthcare system before I left. And I couldn't see that this experience was going to be really important in the way that it was. And that I'm so glad I stayed for as long as I did. And, you know, and there's also, Life like I know everybody with a chronic illness has to keep living you know, and things that keep happening and they fall in love or their parents need their help or whatever it might be and um, I you know gave myself the time to be engaged for a year and plan a wedding and you know work as well, but now that i 've started a business, you know it 's all consuming, and so I really you know I look back on those days when I was beating myself up that i hadn 't you know started up with Welby again and left and what was I still doing at this job? And then look back and say, I know exactly what I, like that was totally the right thing to do. Like I learned so much while I was there. I ended up um, sitting for the board exam and becoming a board certified patient advocate in um, early 2018, which is a very new certification. But had I not worked in the conventional healthcare system, I would have never been able to pass that exam because it was all about conventional like Medicare billing codes and like all these things that I would never have been able to know had I not been working with hospitals for, you know, the three years that I did. And so I just think everything happens for a reason. And, you know, there's absolutely, you know, no way to look back and say like, oh, I wish I should have done that instead. But like, it's all part of the journey and the story. And I think everything begins to make sense when it does. But before that, you're like, why did I do that? You know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Questioning, I think sometimes is good, but I agree. I actually, that's, surprised I even said that I I don't regret anything in my life I've never regretted anything because it like you said it it leads to where you are today it all happens for a reason and I'm not saying in a fatalist way but like it all works out yeah this is where you are is where you're supposed to be and that's all good um even if it seems negative uh in fact actually the negative experiences I think have the greatest impact (laughs) so a hundred percent every single
1: like job I've ever hated or obviously the tragedy that I've experienced or whatever it is like those are the things that move mountains in your in your path more than um, just something that you enjoyed you know like it's it's true it's super impactful
0: I also like how you uh, said it's it's a consistent fight because it is and that's why we're known sometimes as chronic illness warriors like I said we are warriors in our own lives and that's physically, emotionally, actually in, environmentally, and I mean that by community um, and doctors or like kind of lack there of <laughs> a community. Uh, I don't know if you ever experienced, I, I would like to hear um, because your brother had Lyme, but I know that myself and probably many people listening have been seriously overlooked uh, because we're, I mean, to, to be blunt about it, people think we're crazy because they, we can't, we don't, a lot of the tests are negative or like sometimes they won't even test us because they're like, uh, this doesn't make any sense. And what do you mean? You feel pain? I mean, I was tested for Lyme three times in a decade. And I know the Lyme test can be a bit iffy, but I was tested for MS, RA, Lyme. Um, what else? Some other things, <laughs> but i was sensitive for a lot of things. Yeah. yeah, I'll
1: just say you mentioned it, and I wanted to just say, mention one thing about it more. The Lyme test is very inaccurate. Um, it's a 50% accuracy test, so that's like flipping a coin, truly. And the there's like one lab called Igenics, which is a better test, but it is very expensive, and no regular doctor would ever order an hygienics test. I mean, you would have to really request it. And so when people tell me like, oh yeah, they tested me for Lyme, I don't have it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Like there's plenty of doctors who hear symptoms that all connect to, that all are Lyme symptoms target, you know, or sort of surmise that there was some um, exposure based on where they may have been, even though Lyme is in like almost all fifty states now, I think, or all fifty states, maybe not Hawaii and Alaska, but everywhere else. Um, one of the most active Lyme communities is, you know, Northern California, so it is like everywhere now. Um, but the point being that um, that they'll start treating as if, you know, without even getting a confirmation by blood test, as if somebody has Lyme. So it is a very terrible as far as getting the um, you know real confirmation the way that you can with certain other diseases that you have this or you have that um, but yeah so it, if if people are like oh yeah they did they did that test like a while ago like but they still have persistent symptoms that seem like Lyme symptoms I would say you may have it keep digging you know get get a fancier Lyme test or fancy in that it's likely more expensive but better. Um, and or go to a Lyme literate doctor who can really kind of put the pieces together and begin to treat you as if you have it. Um, And, you know, if if you begin to feel better, it's likely that you that you did.
0: Yeah, I'd actually like to hear more about your experience seeing these, um, these out of the box, out of the box, is that the right term? Or as like, woo-woo. Yeah. But I just started hearing that term more woo woo, and it's cute. I don't know how I feel about it, but it's cute. Uh, say it, but. I say it. It's
1: totally disparaging. I mean, it's totally, I think, disrespectful to these practitioners and these healers. But I say it ironically because I so don't believe that they're woo woo. You know, now based on what I'd gone through, I think they're most of them are completely brilliant and very brave to be practicing outside of the kind of like culturally sanctioned, you know, norm of the way that we do practice medicine in this country and the medical education system and all of that. Um, and some of them are better than others. Some are, you know, really, really knowledgeable and really well-trained. And also some modalities just work better for certain things than others. So I've never, I've never been able to, you know, both healing chronic Lyme and healing my amenorrhea, um, both of those experienced, there wasn't one thing, you know, that's the thing about natural medicine, it all works to strengthen your immune system, and then your immune system eventually overcomes said issue, right, or strengthens each individual system, so it improved, you know, my amenorrhea care improved my thyroid, improved my gut, um, and then allowed, because so much of your immune system is in your gut, that to you know, rebalance my hormones and then kick in the period normally. So there's not one way to do that. And so I think a lot of people might go to one practitioner for something having not tried natural or, you know, woo-woo medicine before and may say that's, you know, um an acupuncturist, but it's for a condition where acupuncture isn't necessarily the only thing you need to be doing, or they continue to eat a diet and then start doing acupuncture and they're like, Oh, I tried, you know, alternative health, it didn't work because, you know, this one thing didn't work or because they needed to do several things to fight the ship and they were only doing one little piece. Um, and so I always say like, you can't expect that there's one silver bullet with this. It's, it takes more work, but you have to do a number of things in conjunction consistently for it to really work to improve your your immune system to actually overcome and heal that disease on its own.
0: Yeah. It absolutely. I think the term is for maternal health takes a village, but for us, you know, it takes a serious a team, um, of people, of efforts. And uh, I know that, like all of us, really, I think all of us um, haven't found uh, one thing. Maybe maybe some people here got really lucky, tried one thing and it worked. I uh, yeah. think it's probably not the case um, for the majority of us. But I also don't want to discourage and say that you have to try everything without knowledge and like truly in the dark. And that's, I mean, I guess that's one of the reasons Wellacopia exists is that yes, we are all so particular. We're all individuals and need different things. But if you find someone who can read into you better and your situation better, you're much more likely to get there faster.
1: Oh, absolutely. And my naturopath who I worked with on my amenorrhea, she was the answer you know, for me at that time, she healed me. And what I am what I meant by it took a bunch of things was that she wasn't doing one thing. You know, I had to be consistent about the whole diet program. I had to take all the supplements and there was like 15 of them a day. Um, I had to take all the different Chinese herbs and there was like three or four of them a day and I had to do the acupuncture and all those things. Had I just done the supplements or just done the diet? Like, I don't know if it would have worked, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of what I mean in that I think it sometimes takes several things
0: there's also not just like who's taking care of you, but figuring out what works for you in just your life. And I said this even to my nutrition clients, it's like, if you really want me to help you, I need to interview you for like two hours. And then we've got to, and then there may be some things that adapt over time because there's your emotional state, like what actually triggers you, maybe even certain times of day, Uh, things actually that you like, like literally it has to be what do you actually like doing um that may be more true with nutrition and like weight loss but um uh what's your actual environment like who's who are the people in your environment uh, maybe who's near and when i say like when i say that it's like you sh- hopefully you can travel but maybe you can't or there're certain ways you can't travel there're just so many factors that aren't even internal that are also external i think that have a really big influence because let's say for some reason you have a lot of anxiety about driving if you're going to go get acupuncture and you have to drive quite a ways to get there i don't know i'm just making something up and you get really stressed by that that's not going to help anything uh so i just there really are so many things to consider and the right practitioners will um really investigate properly and maybe even re-diagnose i do think that can be an asset if that's something you're looking for
1: yeah i think investigation on your own part like you have to become a ferocious researcher yourself before you show up to any practitioner or doctor I think um and then also if the person doesn't seem like they are interested in being a ferocious investigator with you then move on you know that's like a big big red flag for me is that if someone's not willing to roll up their sleeves and do the very difficult work of getting to the bottom of it and really staying on the journey with you because inevitably you get tired of not eating any gluten or sugar or dairy or whatever, or you're like, oh, I don't want to go to acupuncture like every week or I don't want to take all these supplements or whatever, and you start to lose steam and they've got to be there with you to be like, it's, you know, you've got to do this consistently. Like it will work. You just really have to give it your all. And also to when things, you find aren't working as well as you thought they were to shift and keep researching and try something new, you know? Um, with my Lyme journey, there were things that we thought were going to be like the thing that didn't quite work. And we kept going and tried different things until it worked. So, you know, it's a series, it's a series of trial and error and staying very consistent, I think is really the answer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think we're both in, I guess you call it re- Uh, I wouldn't say I'm in remission, Uh, how do I put this? I have managed my care really well for the most part. Uh, I am a nutritionist, I am also a personal trainer, so I recognize uh, what really is the right thing for me to do and maybe it's just minimizing my pain, Um, but I can tell when I don't do those things (laughs) just how bad it can be. Uh, And so, like I kinda, my husband and I have this little bit of a, I don't know, not really a joke going back and forth but he does not work out he's a doctor I don't know I'll give him that excuse he doesn't work out but he says to me like Eva you have to work out today because he knows it makes me feel better so it's not supposed to be like hypocritical but he knows that that's part of my care I have to do something physical or like my muscles and my joints like everything tenses up and it's just a mess um, so actually I will I'll mention something because I want to hear your opinion on it Uh, something pretty miraculous has happened over the last two weeks. I have not had any brain fog. And like I get brain fog, fibro fog, whatever you want to call it, every day, especially the last few months. It's every day, every morning. I forget things. I feel like I call it being drunk without the fun (laughs) part. And I'm not really sure why. I did start off. It did start a couple days after I did a cleanse, and I do, every so often when I feel like I need it, um, just three days of, and I know people have different opinions on this, very pure juice cleansing, but juicing being like, like green vegetables, like the freshest vegetables, and just doing that for three days. And I know how to do it properly, and I know how to wean off properly, which is actually the most important part. And during this cleanse, I also didn't have coffee. And I have coffee, like two to three cups a day. Um, now that builds up over time. And then I normally do a, like, I'll stop having coffee for three days. And I actually start from scratch. Like then after that, a cup of coffee will make me really bust. But anyway, um, I, I really haven't been doing coffee much since then, or it's like, let's say maybe some green tea, um, decaf coffee. So there's, I don't know if it's a caffeine or the coffee, or even if coffee is related to this at all. But nothing else has changed since that cleanse, otherwise, like the food I have. So it is an investigation. And I'm being a, a, a ferocious investigator, as you said. I'm also celebrating the fact that I have an ed fog. I celebrated after three days. I was like, Zev, my husband, I, I have an, a brain fog. Can you believe it? Like, I'm having normal conversations, I'm not mixing up my words, I'm totally with it. Miraculous. Like, yeah. So, um, I hope that lasts. <laughs> Don't
1: know. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess my only opinion on that, as far as like, I mean, it's so wonderful. Um, you know, and sometimes I have the same thing I have, uh, my only current chronic health issue right now is that, as I mentioned, I've always had a hypothyroidism and starting my business actually caused enough stress in my life, which I had. No idea was going to happen, and I didn't do a good job of managing it. That it actually turned it into Hashimoto's, which is um, an autoimmune thyroid condition, um, which you know can can definitely come on from a lot of stress and um, a lot, you know, your your cortisol spiking too much and just completely fatiguing your adrenals. And it was such an interesting experience for me because I just realized, like, you know, how important mindfulness and self-care and things like that really are and making sure that you feel a sense of inner calm in your life because everything else like you cannot go on having <sighs> this kind of feeling and expect that you're not going to have a chronic health issue of evolve like it's impossible and you also can't expect to do any kind of healing if you have that going on like your body just is in a constant state of stress, and that affects every organ, and nothing heals properly. So I did not really understand any of that before, because my, you know, um, I, I I just had never experienced anything like a prolonged stressful situation from starting a business, which goes on and on and on, right? Um, and just putting a lot of pressure on myself as a sole founder to keep, you know, get things going, and take on more than I could handle, and, you know, not raise... A lot of institutional funding, so I could keep more control of it, which means doing most of it yourself and all of that. So, um, my well, I've done a great deal of investigating and research now into Hashimoto's because I'm very much like you know people. Some people say, "Oh, you'll just have to take a thyroid, you know, drug or thyroid medication for the rest of your life." And I take a natural one. It's called Natural uh, Nature Throid. I refuse to take um, Synthroid because of um, some a story that I filmed for Wellbe. Um, which was of a misdiagnosed bipolar condition that was really a toxic drug reaction to Synthroid. And so after that, I just thought it's not worth it. I will figure it out. I will take the natural one. So, um, I take Nature Throid, but I'd love to, you know, I have to take it every single day and I don't ever want to be somebody who has to take a drug the rest of my life or even a pill the rest of my life. Like I'm not okay with that. So, um, I am determined, you know, I haven't done it yet to do the things I need to do that really heal Hashimoto's. And I'm using some, you know, excellent um, resources like Dr. Kelly Brogan, who I had the pleasure of interviewing for WellBe. She was able to reverse her Hashimoto's and she wrote a lot about how to do so. So I've read a lot about her thing and some other resources um, as well. Um, Dr. Aviva Ram has uh, also a lot on, um, I did her adrenal thyroid program. and seriously reduce my antibodies and improve my TSH, all like part of a full thyroid panel, which you can see. Um, But of course I fell off that because we're all humans and, you know, it was hard for me to keep it going. And so I kind of keep going like, "Hmm, I need to just make that my regular life. You know, like I need to make that program of mindfulness and the way that I was eating just the way that I live. And I think um, the good and bad parts of doing programs is that you can be really structured and I think humans need structure and routine to make things stick. But then the other part of it is that it ends and then you can return to a lot of those, you know, same bad eating habits or bad lifestyle habits. And so right now I'm just trying to think about how do you make something, you know, you get the gusto of a program or a protocol behind it, but then you actually, how do you make that just your regular life so that I don't, you know, I just kind of say goodbye to gluten because it's not good for people with, you know, with Hashimoto's and for people with thyroid antibodies. And how do I, you know, make daily meditation a non-negotiable? And how do I make sure that, you know, I do the things that I know from all these other people who have reversed their Hashimoto's work? You know, why am I not doing it? And I think it's, a lot of it is very emotional. i mean chronic illness in general is 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 tied to so much more than just the symptoms that we feel and the conditions that people give us you know a label of you mentioned um you mentioned pain and i recently saw this most incredible documentary um all the rage have you seen it um about
0: oh, no i will look into that and note that in the show notes
1: it's really good um and it's about a doctor sarno who was Oh, and um
0: Dr. You, Sarno yeah
1: who cool. wrote the book called healing back pain mm-hmm. and um they interview like um Larry David and Howard Stern and like all these people who are patients of Dr. Sarno's and kind of swear by him and said they really that he changed their life um and it was such an eye opener for me because i know how important the mind is in healing chronic health issues i you know, I also saw the documentary *Heal*. I don't know if you've seen that, but uh, a
0: documentary. It yeah. spoke
1: to me so much, and I was able to go out to Los Angeles and interview um, Kelly Gore's, who is the documentary filmmaker behind it, um, and she taught me so much. And um, it really—it's—it's it's funny. I—I I didn't know how powerful the mind was until i till I started to, you know, dig more into it. But that's why I said, like, if you do not solve the inner peace problem, like all the dietary changes in the world are not going to, you know, fix some of these chronic health issues that you have that are ongoing. And that, that's that been my experience. And so I've really been taking the time the last few weeks to work on that. And it's already made a huge difference in just my sense of peace and calm. <laughs> and that that awareness is something where you can realize very quickly when you don't feel it and kind of do what you can to realize like. Reel it back in and make sure that you can find that again. And a lot of times it takes digging, really digging into some very buried traumas, I think. Um, they talk a lot about that in Heal, um, but that's a big part of the documentary, um, All the Rage, and the, the Dr. Sarno book, uh, Healing Back Pain, is that a lot of this comes from, you know, un, unrealized or subconscious childhood trauma that is stagnating in the body. And so it's impairing the immune system and the immune system's ability to overcome certain viruses or bacteria or gut issues, etc. And so this is like my new current um, fascination is like, how can I shed all of this nonsense that I've buried from things that have happened to me in my life to free my immune system to do what it's able to do, which is, you know, fight off and and get rid of um, these different invaders um, that create these chronic health issues over time. So I don't know if that's something that you are fascinated by, but certainly all the healing back pain, the documentary Heal, it's all been very transformative for me in the last couple of months.
0: That's like my life, (laughs) my my greatest (laughs) life's interest. Actually, um, I've interviewed other practitioners that really feel very similarly. I think we somehow, with every interview I do, we get on the topic of you could just say the mind- body connection or how your emotional state and and trauma, however you have experienced trauma, influences your physical state. If any of you have listened to other episodes that I've done, it hasn't been apparent yet that that is just truth, you can look at it in different ways. Um, your emotional state, your psychological state, your mental state, affects you physically.
1: And you know, the interesting thing is, right, no, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and the interesting thing for me has been, when I first started WellBe two years ago, I didn't, I thought what was really missing was that there was this wellness movement on over here that was full of leggings and green juice <laughs> and yoga classes and whatever, cute girls, whatever. And then there was this healthcare system full of insurance billing codes and diagnostic tests and paperwork and doctor's appointments and just like completely disconnected. And yet to me, they were, they're all trying to do the same thing, right? Which is keep us healthy or get us healthy again. So I'm like, why are these two? So I realized what I thought was really missing and why I was, you know, really what I want to do with WellBe was to create something that could bring them together in the sense that, you know bring the research and a lot of the studies that exist that show how important like approaching life in a wellness type way is to preventing and reversing chronic health issues and push enough for consumers to then and or people to then go to the healthcare system when they have any kinds of issues or appointments and and demand that those doctors approach their care with their lifestyle and their health and their diet not their health, their lifestyle and their diet and their everyday life in mind, because that was really the only way that I understood chronic health issues could actually be reversed from what I'd seen. And so when I first started this, I was really only thinking in the physical and I was really only thinking about research. And I really wanted to bring research to the conversation, which is why I do this WellBe wrap up, which is a bi-monthly kind of like, you know, wrap up of all these studies that have come out um, related to all things integrative health and wellness. Um, from you know major academic medical institutions like Northwestern and Johns Hopkins and whatever, showing the proof that we all talk about as far as um, how much diet and these different natural therapies and the mind play into all this. So as I started doing this, I realized, okay, the mind is a huge piece of this. There's so much research that supports that, and I didn't really come out of you know come out of the gate thinking I was going to be a big focus for me, but it's with every passing month both my own new experience with Hashimoto's and the stories that I'm able to film I haven't had one successful chronic illness recovery story and those are that's a lot of what I film that hasn't had some amount of perception change or freeing of emotional trauma or consistent meditation practice as part of what took getting what it took to to fully heal i mean it is Across the board, and I've filmed over 20 successful, you know, chronic illness health recovery stories at this point, as well as another like 20, you know, interviews of different integrative health experts. But and some of those they overlap, right? As you know, there's a lot of um, practitioners and doctors who, you know, saw the light because they um, got sick themselves. One of which I mentioned was Dr. Kelly Brogan. Um, But it's become very apparent to me that I cannot proceed with what I'm doing without really acknowledging that and integrating that into everything that I do um and it's the hardest work of all I think it is much easier to eat vegetables than it is to sit quietly and connect with your dark you know thoughts because we all in some level kind of you know give us give ourselves a really hard time you know we we all do especially people with chronic illness you're always going between like i should be i should be doing more like i can't believe i'm just lying in bed like i want to you know i need to be working i need to be doing this i need to be doing that why can't i go for a run i don't feel well you know like just constantly beating yourself up and that that, that amount of negativity builds up so much inflammation in the physical body and it's something i've just been really really trying to work on to separate this these voices of you know disdain for myself about various things from my brain and say like thanks but no thanks like we don't have time for you today you know i've got things to do um it's very 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 hard but i i'm beginning to think it's the most important work that i can do for myself
0: thank you for saying that i really hope that um stays with everyone listening like really resonates because i i could not agree more really um and perception change is the hardest but the most rewarding um, I mean, I won't talk about it now, but I definitely experienced that. That's been a big part of my healing and management journey for sure. Um, so just to switch gears a little, I know that you have to go. Um, if you're open to it, would you mind taking like 60 seconds? And I know you could talk about a lot more than this. Just telling us a little bit more about what WellBe offers so that everybody knows.
1: <laughs> of course. I have mentioned it piecemeal throughout the interview, yeah. but um, Weldy is as i mentioned a website a weekly newsletter a podcast and then we're on very active on instagram um, facebook and youtube and it is a i say a media education and navigation company um i'm mm-hmm. currently building out some resources in that navigation space but for right now it is almost entirely content so you can find tons of amazing resources there as far as um as i mentioned stories of health recovery so i filmed real people overcome you know unbelievable stuff with almost every chronic illness that you can think of you know from ms to fibromyalgia to lupus to rheumatoid arthritis to lyme to bipolar disorder to you know hashimoto's all kinds of things um and um, i also film and record uh interviews of these integrative health experts so people i think who sit between you know healthcare and wellness. So a lot of like functional MDs or, um, you know, nutritionists and things like that as well. Um, neurologists, pediatricians, all of the above. So um, those are two big things. And then I mentioned, I love the bringing in the research because I'm so sick of hearing that, you know, integrative or functional medicine is not science um, because there is a lot of science and a lot of research. And so I love bringing that to the forefront and this wellbe wrap up that I do you know it's like kind of like the skim but for all this kind of health and wellness news and i break it down and kind of make it you know quippy and digestible and talk about why it's you know important to pay attention to in your own life or just even from like an activist perspective things that are going on at the EPA and the FDA and the USDA that are greatly impacting all of our lives but are kind of quiet you know what i mean like people are not um being made aware to in every situation about how bad it is or sometimes how good it is, you know, changes that they're making. Um, and then we also have offline events, which are very popular, um, mostly in New York, but in other a couple of other places as well. Um, mostly panels bringing together a lot of different um, experts on these various topics. And sometimes even including some of our patient stories, you know, people who we filmed um, to come together on a particular topic, um, whether it's, you know, indoor air pollution or an integrative approach to mental health or... Um, you know, um, eating for immunity, how to strengthen your immune your immune system with food, et cetera. So that's kind of everything that you can find um for for now on Wellby. Oh, and one last thing I forgot to mention, we do a ton of Welby guides, so articles um on, you know, a various topic and we'll break down everything that you need to know about it and kind of what the takeaway is as far as what we're doing in our own lives and if whether that's, you know, using different kinds of products or, you know, um additional research and resources on it. So that's what that's what you can find right now. Um, and as I mentioned, I'm working on a couple of other things, other resources for my community that people have asked me for. Um, and, you know, I was so busy making content that I wasn't necessarily listening to everything that people were asking me for, didn't have time to, but now I'm finally doing that. So yeah, stay tuned for all of um, some new things sort of in the fall and winter of uh, 2019, 2020. But for now, um, we'd love to have anybody that's interested be part of the um, Get Well-Be or Well-Be community. Um, And uh, thank you so much, Eva, for having
0: me. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What you're doing is so fabulous, Um, really complements what we're trying to do at Wellacopia and and Invisible Not Broken. Uh, It's great to have resources like ours working together and i I wish we could all work together i know (laughs) i know whenever i
1: see like a wonderful company like well copia or a wonderful person who's gone through a lot and is shares my mission it's so inspiring to me and as i tell everybody else who i feel that way with that unfortunately unfortunately but fortunately the system is broken enough that we can work that we are so needed to work together to continue to to help it and to actually create a system that is about health, not disease, um, and that really cares about the root cause and tries to get to the bottom of it instead of just, you know, band-aiding symptoms. Um, and that it's going to take a village, right? It's going to take you and me and all the people who share our mission to help people, you know, navigate this really hard world. Um, and very expensive world um, to try to get to these root causes and live in such a way that, you know, really, um, you know, creates health on in an ongoing way, and is there for them when things fall off, because as we both know, it's really a journey. And it's not always gonna, you know, you think you're fully healed, and then you have little blips and flare ups and things along the way, and you need to kind of reengage and have more support. But I think when once you do that, and once you realize that, Everything can change um, and it can be a life that is, you know, full of health and happiness. So
0: Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. All right. Well, it was a pleasure talking, love, and we will again soon. Uh, Thanks, Eva. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for being here. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Invisible Not Broken, where I interview leaders in the chronic illness community. I am Eva, your co host and the founder of Wellacopia, which if you haven't heard me talk about it before, it's the site to find your ideal medical and wellness practitioners. It works just like a dating site in that it's very personalized matching, ones that fit you, ones that are right for your illness, for your personality, for your preferences and approach to care. If you're looking for that special medical or wellness practitioner because you've been trying for God knows how long, I know I have, please come visit, check it out, see who's the right fit for you. And if you can't find one on Wellacopia just yet, I'm happy to help you myself. If you email me, contact at wellacopia.com. Until next time, guys, everyone have a fabulous rest of the day. And as always, be kind, be gentle, be badass.